You are listening to the Wellness in Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Son Roy. Episode 43, Crafting Irresistible Offerings, Why Market Studies Fall Short. Welcome to the Wellness in Hospitality podcast, where it's all about genuine wellness, true hospitality, and real people. I'm your host, global wellness expert, life coach, and author, Sonal Uberoy. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today is another controversial one. Here's the curveball I'd like to throw out there. When it comes to creating truly irresistible wellness offerings, that is offerings that your guests absolutely love, How important is it to have detailed market studies? Now, I'd like to clarify that I am not saying that market studies do not have value and that we should not do them. They are important and valuable. Of course they are. What I'm offering is another perspective. I'm asking you to think about how useful the data in these comprehensive market studies are when it comes to designing the truly irresistible offering of the right, most profitable wellness concept for your property. Because having data, no matter how amazing it is for the sake of having data, is not always useful. Now, let me explain. I've been part of projects where tens of thousands of dollars have been spent in commissioning quite elaborate market studies. Truly impressive. These studies had the entire kitchen sink of the wellness industry. The size, the segments, trends, growth predictions, every single detail possible. They were encyclopedias of information. But rarely... Did these market studies give useful information to help me create a truly irresistible offering? Because their core focus was the market. What is happening in the market? What are competitors doing? Where do the key players think the industry is headed? However, very little information was about the customer. What are their well-being problems? What are they doing to solve their well-being problems? What is working for them and what isn't? So it's no wonder these projects didn't manage to create truly irresistible wellness offerings. They were missing the most important part of the study, the ideal guest. And what I'd like to add is that these projects were more trophy projects the key driver being creating something that others don't have. Where I've seen market studies be almost redundant was in what I call legacy projects, where the owners are that visionary, wanting to truly transform people's lives, but in a way that aligns with their values, but serving people who resonate with their values. Now, that is not something that can be easily done by a market study. In today's episode, 
I'd like to share a clip of a LinkedIn Live session where I talked about the myths around market studies and what we as wellness leaders can do to ensure we get the information we need so that we can create the right, most profitable wellness offering for our particular property. So without further ado, here's the clip. Hello and welcome to today's session. Today, I'd like to talk about creating irresistible wellness offerings and how market studies fall short. It's another controversial one. And the question, or rather the curveball I want to throw out there is, how useful are market studies when it comes to creating the right, most profitable wellness offering for our particular property. Now, what I would like to clarify before I dive into the subject, I'm not saying that market studies aren't useful. I am not saying that we should not be doing market studies or looking into data. What I'm saying is, are they really that useful when we're talking about creating irresistible offerings for our guests and specifically irresistible wellness offerings. Now, while I was preparing for today's session, I was thinking about all the myths I have seen in the industry around market studies and creating that wow wellness concept. The first myth is that the more detailed the market study, the better it is. So the more it has the entire kitchen sink of wellness, how big the industry, where we think it's going to be, the size of each of the different subsegments of wellness, the most trendy and most in wellness retreats and treatments, the more detail we have. And the more data we have, then that is incredibly valuable. And that is that valuable data, which is going to help us create that wow wellness offering. The second myth is that the predictions laid out in the market study of future trends is accurate. That the market study what all the data it has pulled together and what it predicts as the future trends, those trends are accurate. And the third myth is that when client interviews are done, so when focus groups are taken and they are interviewed about what wellness offerings they'd like to consume, where they see themselves going, that that is a good indicator of what our consumers want today. Now, I have seen hazards in these approaches. I have seen in the first myth of the more detailed the market study, the more data it has on the entire kitchen sink of wellness, the more useful it is for us. And what I have noticed is that sometimes we can get drowned in data. Having data 
doesn't always mean that it is useful for us to create the wellness offering we want to. It's good to know all that information. Absolutely. We can't go in blind into an industry and create something without having that base knowledge. But that base knowledge is just base knowledge. It's not going to help us create that right wellness offering. Because knowing the size of the wellness industry, knowing the different sub-segments is really not useful per se to say what offering is the right and most profitable one for your particular industry, for your particular property, better said, because it puts the market first and it puts your consumer last. And yes, we compete in the market, but if we compete in the market, we end up being the traditionist, the follower, or the innovator. We are rarely that visionary. We rarely have that customer intimacy that we're looking for. And when talking about the second myth, about predictions, about future trends, now I'm not saying that some of these trends do not end up turning out or panning out to becoming a reality. What I am saying is that predictions are precisely that. They are predictions. They are not inaccurate saying of what is going to happen. So I, I, didn't, I can't really pick up on the word, right? But it's not, it's not an accurate snapshot of what will most definitely happen. There are predictions and it's good to know where the market is headed, but that's just data. We don't always need to do anything about it. And the third myth of when we are working or interviewing our ideal guest and understanding their needs and what they want, I like going back to Henry Ford's quote on, if I had asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Because our customers, our ideal guests are very, very good at telling us about their problem. But they aren't very good at telling us about the solution to their problem. And this is where we get things wrong. We end up trying to see what kinds of services would they like to consume. We're looking at the solution and not the problem. So when we're conducting market research, and we can do it ourselves as wellness leaders of our own businesses, pick a handful of your ideal guests and ask them what their real problems are. Don't ask them for what solutions they are looking for the problems. That's where us as wellness leaders, we have to come up with the solutions. There is where we can get incredibly creative. But the problem is, we end up seeing that what is the best toy out there and we actually hinge our unique, the uniqueness, the distinctiveness of our offering on a what? On a therapy, on a facility, on a wellness guru, but never on the solution it provides to our ideal guests' problem, well-being-related problem. Now, 
I encourage when we are creating our right, most profitable wellness asset is to keep the customer front and center in the whole, the whole scenario, in the whole process. It's understanding, if we could just think it's aligned with three points, point A, where the customer is today. So let me rephrase customer, where our ideal guest is today in relation to the problem. And point B is where they need to be in order to consume our services, in order to understand that we could help them solve their problem. And then point C is the transformation we give them, the end result they're looking for. And when we are creating our offering, we must understand where our ideal guest is today. That is point A. And we have to go to them exactly where they are and take them to that point B. What is it that they need to realize, understand, in order for them to be able to solve their well-being related problem? What are the things they're doing right now that isn't working? to solve their well-being related problem. So it's really fundamentally, when we're taking them from point A to point B, it's that mindset shift that we want them to go through. We want them to understand about their well-being related problem and the actions they have been taking and why those well-being related problems have been persisting. Then once they are at that point B, we then are able, they're going to come in our doors, they're going to consume our services, and we'll know exactly how to take them to that point C. And when we have that level of clarity, that level of intimacy with our ideal guest, we are better equipped to create that irresistible offering for our ideal guest. What is it that truly solves their well-being related problem because ultimately our guests do not come to buy a treatment product or service. They come to us to solve a well-being related problem and it's our job to solve that, not to sell treatments, products and services. So when we are creating the right, most profitable wellness offering, it's important to keep our customer front and center. Now, that does not mean we keep the market front and center. We keep the customer. We understand who they are. What is it? What problems do they have? What well-being related problems do they have? And what do they know about their problem? And rarely do market studies delve in that level of detail. They end up talking about the entire market, the new treatments, the new therapies, the new wellness retreats, and everyone is copying everyone. But if you want to be that true visionary and create that irresistible offering, the way you do that is to really deep dive into your ideal guest. Get to know them. Understand where they are today. What are their well-being problems? What solutions are they looking when it comes? What, what solutions are they looking for when it comes to their well-being related problems? Or what have they been doing? 
and what's going wrong. Then you can reach them where they are, and then you bring them to a point where they are ready to buy from you. And many times in our industry, we think the mere fact of having a wellness offering, people will just walk into our door. They'll come to that point B by themselves. And we miss all the marketing and the sales and all that nurturing and walking with them from point A, where they are today, and point B, where they need to be in order to buy your services in order to solve their problems. We miss that incredibly important part. And we think that a market study covers that part, and it doesn't. It's our job to go to our to that point A to meet our ideal guests where they are today and walk them to point B. So I just wanted to jump on here quickly or in a short video to talk about market studies and how we should take caution when using that tool. It's a very powerful tool and I'm not saying we shouldn't be doing market studies. On the contrary, but I am saying these market studies must be targeted. You must be getting the information you need. And that is not the entire kitchen sink of the wellness industry. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. What are your thoughts around market studies and creating wellness offerings? And what has your experience been? Do share some comments and the comment section. And I wish you all a beautiful day ahead. Take care now. So to recap the session, there are two points I'd like to highlight. One, market studies are important and can be incredibly valuable and useful, provided they're targeted. That means provided they offer you insights into the real well-being related problems of your ideal guests. What are they struggling with? What do they think their problem is? What actions are they taking to solve their well-being related problem? And two, part of creating our irresistible wellness offering is understanding the entire journey of our ideal guest. Let's imagine our guest is on their path, their well-being path, and they're currently at point A, the point where they have a problem. And they're trying to solve it because they want to get to the ultimate destination, point C, where they enjoy complete overall well-being. And we are on point B, somewhere in the middle. Our job is to ensure that we meet our guest at point A, where they are right now, and walk them to point B where they are ready to solve their problem using our products and services. Your market study needs to give you information on point A so that you can meet your guests there and nurture them to point B. This is what helps you craft a legacy that transforms lives using wellness. Your market study isn't about giving you information on the most flash or bling wellness facility out there. When you use market studies for that purpose, you end up creating what I call trophies that eventually collect dust. And on that pensive note, I wish you all a fantastic day. 
Thank you for tuning into my podcast. If you want to know whether your hotel is ready to meet the growing demand for wellness experiences, both for your guests and your employees, then my Essence Scorecard is the perfect tool for you. Head over to spa-balance.com forward slash Essence Scorecard and get yourself a free and accurate temperature reading of your hotel's readiness to meet the wellness needs of your people and your guests. It's a valuable self-audit that not only helps you create a profitable wellness asset, but also promote a culture of genuine wellness for your team.